Uh, good evening. Good to see you. Good night, huh? Good night to worship God. You know, sometimes I, I don't know that we realize in the, in the songs we're singing that those were the covenant names of Father God. And I believe it goes to a new level that he's just not Father God, but he's Yahweh, the God of salvation. The word Adonai means supreme master. And then the names of Jehovah, he's, he's Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. He's Jehovah, we call Jireh, but it's Jireh, the, the God of provision. He's Jehovah Nisi, our victory. He's Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. He's Jehovah Sidkenu, our righteousness. And so those all take on a different, just a different character with Father God when you look and say, I acknowledge you as Jehovah Rapha to me. I acknowledge you. You begin to do that and you watch what God will do in your life and it'll draw you close to him. All right, just a little freebie there to start with. If you need a Bible, raise your hand, get your hand up real, real high or usher to get you the word of God in your hand. Then go with me to the book of Matthew, chapter number 14. Matthew 14, and we're on our portion here, receiving our tithes and offerings. Again, if you need a Bible, get your hand up. Uh, just a couple announcements as you're getting your Bible and returning to Matthew 14. The faith closet is open tonight right after the service. Be sure and pick up your children. Then the exchange, the young adults. And you know, you can determine if you're still young. That's this Friday night at 7. It's down in the youth room. Uh, Project Love Outreach is Saturday morning, uh, January 20th. Get with Miss Karen for info on that. And then a partnership is this Sunday in the 11 o'clock service. Be sure and sign up for all that. Okay, I told you to go to Matthew 14. Uh, it's, it's one of the things I, I really enjoy teaching on, just the opportunity to, to let you learn to understand the scriptures, what God says as far as giving. So here in Matthew 14, the Lord Jesus, he, he is working, man. He's ministering to people. Just ministering, ministering, ministering. Time gets away from it. And he realizes it's getting dark. And so, man, they're saying, we got to get rid of the people. We got to send them out so they can get something to eat. So Matthew 14, verse number 16. But Jesus said to them, they don't need to go away. You, you give them something. You give them something to eat. Now, it may be easy to say, well, that's, that's good of Jesus to encourage them to get something to eat. But there's something later on in the passage that comes out. There was at least 5,000 men there, not counting women and children. So we could easily go to 10, 15, 20,000. Easy. And so when Jesus says, you give them something to eat, Verse number 17, and they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. I, I wonder if they weren't really animated and they threw their arms up and said, Jesus, all we've got is five loaves and two little fish sticks. We barely have a Long John Silver Happy Meal without the toy. And you want us to take care of them. So we watch Jesus reply. And he said, bring them here to me. Jesus goes into action and he says, bring your lack here to me. Bring what you got here to me. Now, if you go back in the Old Testament, that's very similar what the prophet Elisha said to the woman who had nothing. She said, all they got is a little oil. And he said, let's see what you got. Take what you got. 
And so this is exactly what the Lord says, bring me what you got. And I believe that's what he says to us, bring me what you got. He goes on to say in verse 19, then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. He took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed it. So he takes what he's got and he looks to heaven and he says, I bless it. I bless it. So when I give what I have to Jesus, even if it's in my eyes, little or insignificant, he takes what you give it and he blesses it. He goes on to say, and he broke and he gave the loaves to the disciples and the disciples gave to the multitudes. Now there's a lesson in here even on servanthood because if you notice, he gave to the disciples and he said to the disciples, you go and serve them. He, he didn't put up this big buffet and say, now all 5,000 of you come through the line. He said, no, I want my disciples to serve you. You wait on them. You bless them. You be good to them. And then in verse number 20, so they all ate and were filled and they took up 12 baskets full of the fragrance that remained. So even the disciples, you know what happened to them fellas? They got to take a doggy bag home because we don't have a God that's, that's barely get along, barely enough. He, he's abundantly above what I could ask or think. He, he's El Shaddai, the all-sufficient uh, one. He's not El Chipo. He's not El Broco. He's El Shaddai. He's the God. And so when I look at what he says right here, that you're not enough becomes more enough when you give it to the Lord Jesus and, and you, you seek him first. You give him first what you got. And you know what he does? He blesses it. When your heart is right, you say, Father God, I just come for this. This is what I got. And so this is another lesson of giving. And I, I pray you get a hold of this. You can't outgive God, but you can sure give. And God honors that, okay? Let's pray. Father God, we love you tonight. We honor you. Father God, we, we acknowledge you tonight as Yireh. We acknowledge you tonight as El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. And Father God, I even as what you said to the Apostle Paul in Philippians 4, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And so we thank you, Father God, that you still take our not enough and you bless it and you multiply it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The goodness of God. Well, praise the Lord. All right. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians 3. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and going to give you a little dose of faith again tonight. And some of you say, what's new? Well, I believe it's that significant. And so as you're turning to 1 Thessalonians 3, the enemy will try to breach your spiritual immune system by attacking your faith. And once your faith is undermined, you become an easy target. I, I think the enemy goes at great lengths to keep us from being men and women of faith. And, and throughout tonight, the, Bi the Bible's gonna give us some incredible definitions of faith. We don't even have to come up with a definition. The Bible will tell us this. And so here we are, 1 Thessalonians 3. The apostle Paul here is writing to the church at Thessalonica. And so he's got a great thing to say here. Verse number one. Therefore, when we could no longer endure it, we thought it would be good to be left in Athens alone. So Paul right here, he, 
he's, he's broken because of their separation. That they're having this long, long distance relationship. Now, you got to go back way, way, way back in time. They didn't have cell phones. They didn't have computers. They didn't have nothing but face-to-face, or if they were lucky, someone would take a letter for them. And so Paul had developed this great relationship with the church people in Thessalonica. And he's tore. He says, man, I, I, I got to find out about you. Verse 2. So he sent Timothy. Now listen to what he says about Timothy. Our brother in Christ and a minister of God. Our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ. Our fellow laborer in someone who literally preaches the gospel of Christ. So he's talking about, man, this is why I sent him. Now, further reading here. He goes on and says, to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith. So he says, the purpose and the goal of me sending Timothy was to establish you, to encourage you, to strengthen you, to exhort you, and he specifically said, concerning your faith. And so Paul wanted to know, tell me about your faith. And it's interesting here, that, that was the only thing he mentions that he wants to know about. He, he wasn't concerned about the ABCs of church. The ABCs are attendance, building, and cash. The three Bs of most churches are buildings, budgets, and butts. People. But what's interesting about that is the Apostle Paul didn't ask anything about any of that. He said, I'm sending him because I am concerned about your faith. Now, it, it must be a big deal for Apostle Paul when he talks about this. And so, what, what, is, what is my faith? My faith is my level of trust in the Lord. That's what faith is. What is my level of trust in the Lord? Can I trust and believe the Lord that he'll do precisely what he says he'll do? And so, why did he focus on this one aspect of their spiritual life? I believe with all my heart that the apostle Paul knew their faith was paramount. He knew it was a big, big deal. So just think about this, about our faith, just for a second. We're saved by grace through faith. So part of you getting born again, you had to have some faith. There in Romans 1, the apostle Paul said this. He said, the just will live by faith. We know in Hebrews 11, it says it's impossible to please him without faith. And so I believe this is part of the reason right here. Paul was so concerned about their faith. He knew this. He said, we got, we got to look at their levels of faith. So he goes on and says in verse 3, that no one should be shaken by these afflictions. No one should be shaken by life's afflictions. No one should be shaken by life's persecutions. The Amplified says, don't be stirred or led astray by difficulty. And so when you look at these, he said, man, you, you can't get unsettled. You can't become raveled because of these afflictions. Now, watch what he goes on and tells us about this word afflictions here. For you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. Now, that's interesting. 
We're appointed to what? You're appointed to afflictions. It's part of living on this earth that none of us in here, I don't care how holy you think you are, you are not exempt from afflictions. And so when he talks about this, Paul knew precisely that suffering, that trouble will come. And so he's saying, don't let life's afflictions, disturbances, cause your faith to be fickle. You know, I believe this, our, our faith can be like a roller coaster, up and down, like a yo-yo, just up and down. He's saying, I, I don't want that to happen. That just because you're going through affliction, just trust God in the affliction. Trust God, you're gonna, he's going to be there with you. He's going to help you. And so it's interesting what he begins to talk about in this. Verse 4. For in fact, as a matter of fact, we told you before when we were with you that you would suffer tribulation. Now there's a word in there that really jumps out to me. The word would. If you want to see my Bible after over, it's highlighted in a yellow highlighter. We would or you would suffer persecution or truth. You would. Not maybe so. Not if so. He said, you would suffer uh, persecutions. That's interesting what he's talking about in all this. We forewarned you. This is going to happen. You're going to go through some things in this thing called life. So, with saying that right now, is there something you're going through right now that is trying to shake your faith? Could be. Again, every one of us are going to go through things. That's not a trick question. I'm not trying to set you up. But is there something in my life that I'm, I'm going through right now? Some form of affliction, some form of trouble. And you know what I found out? The only way you're going to avoid afflictions and trouble, you got to go to heaven. You got to get out of here. That's your only option, okay? If you don't like afflictions and you don't like trouble, say, Lord, just go ahead and get me out of here. Other than that, as long as you're on this earth, you're going to have some difficulties. And so was what was going on here with the church in Thess was, was the apostle Paul concerned because they were going through heavy afflictions, heavy troubles. Verse 5. For this reason, when I could no longer endure, I sent to know your faith. I sent Timothy to know about your faith. That's interesting. He said, I, I sent Timothy to know about your faith. He, he was concerned about their temperature reading of their faith. He was concerned about their level of faith. Do you got strong faith? Do you got deep faith? Do you got weak faith? Do you got little faith or do you got no faith? And so he sends Timothy on this journey and this is his full, totally assignment. I got to know the level of their faith. How well we trust in God. How well we do it. Keep reading. The end of verse 5. Lest by some means the tempter had tempted you and our labor might be in vain. So he was concerned about the tempter. Well, the tempter is the devil. 
That's who this is talking about. And, and he is tried to entice you to destroy your faith and, and where your faith becomes fruitless, it becomes useless, it becomes with no purpose. And you get somebody's faith, you got them. Verse six. But now that Timothy has come to us from you, he's come back from his visit and he brought us good news of your faith and your love. So Timothy comes strolling back and he says, Paul, they got steadfast faith and they got warm and sincere love. And those are good reports. He goes on to say, and that you always have good remembrance of us Greatly desiring to see us as we also desire to see you. And so Timothy brought good news about their thriving faith. And he was concerned by their, their state of affairs right here. And so Paul understood the nature of their conflict. And every one of us at times, we're going to need our faith to be strengthened. And we're going to need our faith to be encouraged. We need to have vibrant faith, growing faith, enduring faith. Because it acts as a, a spiritual uh, immune system. And so when Timothy brought back good news, his good news wasn't they won a lottery. It wasn't they won bingo on Tuesday night. His good news was their level of their faith. Verse 7. Therefore, brethren, my brethren, fellow believers, now listen to this. In all our affliction and distress, we were comforted concerning you by your faith. Paul knew they weren't exempt, and so he said, we were comforted by your steadfast faith. Even in times of difficulty, you kept looking to Jesus. You kept looking to the Lord Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And so he said, you, you learned to lean your whole personality on God and your complete trust on God. And so when we go through these things in life, the apostle Paul, I believe, was speaking to us too. You got to lean on the Lord. You got to continue to look to the Lord no matter what's going on, inflictions and persecutions. And so when I look at what Paul was concerned about all this, every one of us in here right now, at times we need somebody to encourage us in our faith. We need somebody to say, keep fighting the good fight. Don't, don't give up. Don't back off. We, we serve a good God. And so many times when you work around the people of the world, and that's, that's everybody in here, the people of the world, they will suck the life out of you and they will zap your faith. And so you get around negativity, people day after day after day after day. And if you're not careful, you begin to allow them to influence you instead of Father God. I, I worked for a company for 20 years and I, I realized what that was about day after day after day but you got to remember this you know what sinners do they sin they sin that's all they know to do and so there are days in your life and there's days in my life that we need people we need to be around godly people that people will encourage your faith and, and continue to tell you just like Paul did them stand be encouraged in your faith don't give up don't don't give up now, the reason I say, that's why you need to be around church folk, godly folk that love Jesus, not perfect people. 
But I love to be around people that have been through battles and storms and wars and they can look you in the eye and say, this is what you gotta do. You gotta look to God. That's, that's why it's important to be here. Something happens when we come together and we worship like we did tonight. The same thing. Verse eight. For now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. Now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. Now we live if you stand firm in the Lord. Do you know what I believe that was just stated there? I believe that's a definition of faith. You know what faith is? Standing firm or standing fast in the Lord. I, I just stand in the promises of God. Do you know in Ephesians 6 it says, when you've done all you know to do, just stand. Just stand fast in the Lord. I'm not moved. I, I'm, I'm like a tree that's planted by the way. I'm not moved. I'm not moved by what I hear. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I stand firm in what God says and who God is. And it becomes big in my faith that regardless of the difficulties, the situations, I'm, it's not going to move me. And so it's like he's encouraging stand fast in the Lord. Stand fast. So when I read that right there, for now we live. If you stand fast in the Lord, you want to truly live? Stand fast. Could that word right there be the prophetic word of God for some of you tonight? Where the Lord said, just stand fast. Stand fast. Don't give up. Don't give up. Run the race with endurance. Verse number nine. For what thanks can we render to God for you? For all the joy with which rejoice for your sake before our God. Night and day, praying exceedingly that we may see your face. And listen to this. And perfect what is lacking in your faith. Let, let, let us perfect what's lacking in your faith. So when you read verses 1 through verse 10, over and over and over, it was about faith. You got to get faith. You got to get faith. You got to keep getting faith. You got to get faith. So just a little quick review here of faith before we move on. How does the Bible say faith comes? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's Romans 10, 17. So it's not a one-time deal. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. You're going to have to continue to hear the word day by day. And the thing with hearing the word of God, God didn't say who you had to hear speaking the word. You can hear it on a podcast. You're hearing it right here. You can hear it yourself. When you read, go ahead and read out loud where you can hear it. So that's how faith comes. The Lord said to Joshua in Joshua 1, he said, don't let this book of the law depart out of your mouth. So a second area of my faith, start speaking the word. You know what speaking the word says? You start saying about yourself what God says about you. If God says I'm more than a conqueror, then I'm more than a conqueror. If God says I can do all things through Christ, I can do all things through Christ Jesus. So I take God for his word. He said next to Joshua in Joshua 1 verse 9, he said, renew your mind to the word of God. Recite the word day and night, day and night, day and night. I got to thank the word. I got to speak the word. And then you know what the third thing he said about it was? Be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. O obey the word. Obey the word. And so just think about all this, that when it's talking about faith, it's like, man, I believe the Bible. I, I, I believe I can be what God says I can be. I can do what God says I can do, and I can have what God says I can have. It's all in his book. It's all in his Bible. So that's why it's very important that you find promises in the Bible that to pertain to your life and your situation, 
And then you begin to speak those. You just pray the word of God. Pray the word of God out of your mouth and watch what God will do. Turn with me to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, back to your left just a little bit. Romans 1. Ooh, got to get around. Got to get around the godly. Romans 1, verse 11. And listen to what he says here. This is, this is Apostle Paul again. For I long to see you. You know, you know what I realize about the Apostle Paul? He had great relationship with people. He's telling these people, I, I long to see you. Why? That I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. Paul longed to visit the Roman church, not simply for social reasons, but to impart with them a spiritual insight. He said, I, I, I want to help you. I, I, I want you to learn the things of the kingdom. And I look and I think, wow, who, who could you learn any better from, from the guy who wrote the majority of the New Testament? A guy who was a mess, who became a miracle. And so he, he tells him this, I want to impart some stuff. I want to help you. And then he says in verse number 12, that is that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, the common faith, both of you and me. And so he says, our desire is to be mutually strengthened, mutually encouraged, mutually comforted by each other's faith. That's what it's all about. Do you know every one of us in here? We're on the same team. We're, I, I'm not competing against Eddie. I'm on the same team. I'm for Eddie. That's what we must learn about being Christian. We're on the same team. We live for the same Savior. And so when you study the scriptures, there's, there's a verse in, in Proverbs 27, 17 that says, Iron sharpens iron. So it's amazing at times when some of you tell me life stories and you tell me your testimonies. Man, you, you are encouraging me and this is what goes back one right after that. We're on the same team. If Jesus is Lord of your life, you're upon my team. And when Jesus is Lord of your life, you don't get cut. You don't get fired like all the cowboys. You don't, that's not going to happen. Jesus keeps you. He doesn't trade you. Jesus, I probably shouldn't have said that tonight, but my, my illustrate, my heart was right, okay? But Jesus is part of us, guys. I, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you've been born again one week or 50 years. God loves every one of us the same and that's why it's so important we get around people. that We have a prayer team that wants to pray with you. We, we want to speak the word. We want to impart the things of God. We want to encourage you, the spirit of encouragement. And so I'm, I'm going to end with this story. And this happened a few years ago with the men of iron. And, and the Lord just, oh my gosh, he ministered to my heart just in an incredible way. And we'd started there on the Thursday night. And Friday night came and the Friday sessions and then the Saturday morning. And I, I won't get off here because if they lose me on live stream when I jump off here. But every night, right here on this front row, there was these four guys that sat right here. And 
I, I would watch them during the night. Sometimes I love to watch how, how people, especially men, just worship God and pour their heart out. And so the whole, the whole conference, this was their posture. They, they would just stand there, and they just, but they were there early. They sat right there. And I thought, man, these guys aren't really getting into it. Now, that's my perception. And so after the Friday night session, I went over there and I said, is this you guys' first year to be here? And they said, no, this is our second. This is his fifth. We come every year. And I said, well, what city are you from? And they said, we live here in Lubbock. And I said, what church do you go to? And they said, we go to something, St. Catholic Church. And you know what I realized at that very moment? Those guys love Jesus as much as I did. Maybe they don't worship Jesus just like I do. But that doesn't make me any better. I began to realize and when I started talking to them, they had tears in their eyes and they started sharing with me all that God had done year after year after year at the Men of Iron. And it began to hit me there kind of like it did with Paul. That we, we've got to have a, a, a godly concern about other people and, and say, how, how are you doing? How's life? Can I pray with you? Can I stand with you? Can we believe with you? And so just as Paul said, I, I want to encourage you in the faith. I believe that's what God's wanting to do tonight. So I'm going to ask you to stand up. I got here just a couple of minutes. Iron sharpens iron. Isn't that a good one? Proverbs 27, 17. So I just want you to bow your head. And if you're comfortable raising your hands, you can. And so just like those guys that night, I, I don't know what's going on on the inside of them and I don't know what's going on on the inside of you right now. But maybe there's something in your life, a disturbance, a trouble. Maybe there's something in your life right now that's really trying to shake your faith to get you off track. And so if that's you tonight and you say, man, that's me, I, I, I need my faith to be encouraged. I need my faith to be established. I, 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 need, I need someone to help me right now because I'm not doing real well. That, that is not a slap in the face. We're human beings. That's the love of God. That is the love of God. And so if that's you, just get your hands up real high and say, that's me, Pastor. Man, I'm going through some junk. Woo. Now, keep your hand up really high. If your hand's not up and you're comfortable doing this, I, I welcome you. Go, go put a hand on their shoulder. Go, go put a hand on them right now. Come on, go ahead, guys. We're church. We're family. It's okay. Father God, we see all these hands going up. And Lord, we pray right now over them in the name of Jesus. The Father God, ones that are battling afflictions and troubles and distress, Lord, we pray, we pray as we lay that you would stir them up on the inside and that you would encourage them in the faith right now. And Lord, we speak over them to run this race with endurance, looking to the author and the finisher of the Lord Jesus. And Father God, we pray your blessings on them right now, that, that as they leave here tonight, that, that their faith is strong in you. Their courage in you is strong in you. Everything is in you, Lord Jesus. And we ask you to touch them. And Father God, we pray right now that you would birth hope where there is no hope. 
That, Father God, you would touch ones that are on the verge of saying, I wanted to give up. I wanted to quit. And so, Lord, we ask you to bless right now in the name of Jesus. And, Father God, we thank you for the body of Christ. We thank you for everybody in here. And again, as we end tonight and dismiss, Lord, we ask that iron would sharpen iron in here. And we thank you for a Wednesday night to come together and just the love of God in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's clap to the Lord. Ooh, the goodness of God. And I'm, I'm telling you, this is why it's important to come here on Wednesday nights. Just, just to touch your heaven on us. Well, I'm going to dismiss you. You can go to the faith closet after you get your kids. If you need prayer, we'll have some prayer team up here. Other than that, God bless you. Have a great week. Be sure and come back Sunday. Oh my gosh, we're on week two on prayer, or week three on prayer and fasting. So be sure and be here. Bless all of you. Have a kingdom week, and we're going to pray that God increases your faith this week in Jesus' name. You're dismissed.